Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Hello, hello. I can't hear you for some reason. Um, <gasps> yay, I can now. There I just did my whole intro and nobody could hear me. <laughs> ah! <laughs> so that's okay. Yeah. Let me just go over it real quick again. Sorry, yeah, okay, everybody. No, you might want to do that again. Yeah. I, I know. I have sort of like my, my, <laughs> a bit of fog going on because I'm a little <clears throat> bit under the weather, but. Just to clarify with everybody that this is a pre-recorded show. You have to check it out this evening. Of course, Amelia and I will be um, in the chat room with you all. So uh, make sure that you, you check it out. Note that we are broadcasting on United Public Radio Network, UFO, Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 from the beautiful city of New Orleans. So again, big thank you to Folgers Coffee, our sponsor big thank you to dr snick justin snicker and of course steve mcginnis who's responsible for all of our artwork so we're going to leave that right there before i blunder anymore <laughs> how are you 
Oh, not bad at all. I'm, I'm glad we got that one out of the way at the beginning. Otherwise, it would have been a very quiet interview. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could hold it, though, without any problems. So. Oh, on my own. Maybe. But, yeah, I don't know your, your uh, listeners like you do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's been a day already. But, uh, of course, Amelia's having her own day because her internet went down. So she's apologizing no. for not being here. I know. It's just, you know, it's been... Crazy weather. Everybody around here is seems to have this head cold thing going on, and it. Uh, do you know, we have exactly the same thing here. Everybody's really? I've got it as well, and it takes weeks to get rid of. Yeah, uh, yeah, it takes it, ages. It hangs in there, hangs in there, hangs in there. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm all yeah. fuzzy headed, so it could be a real interesting interview, as you can see. <laughs> well, it was it was just us two last time, as well as I recall. So uh, there's a there's a pattern emerging here. Uh -oh. <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> oh my gosh! Here I was thinking, oh, I'm just gonna just put this out, let it play tonight. I'm thinking, nope. Now I'm gonna have to come in, get back on the soundboard, cut that whole part off, start it off. <laughs> Where we have sound, it's outstanding, but that's okay. <laughs> You're here now. I know we're yeah. here now. I'm really excited about this segment. Of course, I'm always excited when you come on because your wealth of information, but. Um, I guess in keeping with the Halloween season and and everything that's you know spooky yet you know supernatural, um, we were going to come up with some really good juicy stuff. So I I'm really looking forward to seeing what you have for us, and I'm going to let you start wherever you like. Do you want to talk Gosh. about wizards, witches, vampires? Oh, you you name of, it. I was kind of hoping you were going to push everything along with the questions. I oh, could dear. do it. Uh, I could do I can, it. I was going to say, I can I can give us a very brief catch-up on last time. Do you remember um, the last interview we did? We made my publisher, Philip, feel incredibly guilty because he didn't take the King Arthur book. Do you remember <laughs> that? Did. We did, did a whole section on that. And, uh, and then he came back to me and he went, yeah, go on then. I'll have that. I'll have that. Well, um, I've got a bit of an announcement to make because I uh, finally got the first proof copy through. Hey, there it is. So... <laughs> All credit to you guys for pushing him along. It's a bit of a monster. It's uh, no it's, wonder he was he was kind of debating it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a beast. I think it's the biggest thing he's ever done. But even now, he's talking about making it dimensionally bigger. So I'm I'm, I'm quite pleased with the progress. I think he's really getting into this. So that's a kind of a uh, the first the time the covers appeared anywhere. And of course, there's there's uh, Joseph on this side and Merlin on that side and. Good old right. Arthur sat right in the middle. There he is. So, I love it. I am amazing? so thrilled. And that's as close as you're going to ever get to what they might have really looked like. So, so there we go. Wow. That's out of the way. So, uh, yeah, that's we've a made big real congratulations. Progress. Excellent. I'm November. That's when we're hoping uh, it should be on Amazon in November. No idea. The price will be somewhere between oh. 20 and 30 English pounds. This course. November. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's quick weeks away we're just a few weeks away well it was it was ready to go this is what i tried to get over i you know i was trying to say to philip you know i've literally i've i've finished it, it took 55 hours i did it i did all the layout all the text everything it looks exactly like all his other books um i just copied the format so right. I, I, sent, I, I sent him a finished book in fact it took us about four or five weeks waiting for the artist to do the cover right um, right he, he doesn't mess around, right? Like when he uh, decides I'm on it, he's like on it. Yeah, he is. He really is. So that's a good place to start. It's the magic of the season. It appears that we've uh, 
we've opened the portals to the uh, the dead of the past and they are right, flooding it. through here comes a whole load of information from the dark ages head, heading our way <laughs> i love it <laughs> i love it i think it's fantastic uh, just a little book too i see <laughs> oh yeah it's only yeah it's only tiny i think the last count it was about it was about 10 pages off 500 pages so it's 400 and odd but it, it does cover all three characters plus uh, all the stuff that has come out since and all of the historical time periods uh, it's like right. the diary of king arthur so it, you know it's like everything you would ever want to know uh, but the difference is it's real it's genuine it's all historical source material archaeology no nonsense uh, right. in fact I, I have a go at one or two people for putting nonsense in their books somewhere in those pages um, I love it. but hopefully it'll pull it all pull it all down to reality yes there we i go. love it I so love how's that. that for a start there you go you wouldn't expect that that is a wonderful <laughs> start that is fantastic that, that is my gift to you there you go so <laughs> thank you yourselves have got it before Thank anybody you. else <laughs> no i appreciate that we always love breaking news here on the outer realm are you kidding well i, I got that about three days ago so it's, it's really it's pro proper hot news so yeah, oh I'm no excited. i love it i I'm, I'm a big you know i've always been so enchanted by the story and it's just one of those those things that is it you know did he, was it real did he exist was it a thing like, and i know we're going to do a show yeah, on it so well, i'm yeah. really looking forward to i'm it. not going to give too much away till we get to the show but of course that does mean the book will be available by then it'll be in circulation by then i would think so right. if everybody wants to be prepared for that interview they should dash out and buy the book there you go I, uh, in I, november there we go people there we go <laughs> <laughs> don't be holding uh, back go check it out obviously getting your money's worth see the size of that baby <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh, it's, it's well worth it honestly it's uh it's well worth it there's loads yeah. in there well it only took it only took 45 years to write so uh, i was going know. to say how long did that take you so yeah, we, yeah, 19, 1977. Years, man. yeah i started on it in 1977 so uh, yeah it's done um yeah I'm, I'm looking really forward to that <laughs> i am i really am you know and speaking of wizards i mean are we going to talk a little bit about merlin and your wizard it's as good a place to start as any yeah uh, i thought um, it would be a good segue in yeah yeah it will be um okay. well depends um i suppose uh, looking at it from a 20th century point of view 21st century point of view it depends where wizards have actually arrived um i think in those days which is the dark ages the modern idea of a wizard sort of I can almost say oozes out of the idea of a late period Druid. So mm -hmm. basically what the Druids were in antiquity is, is what um, wizards gradually become oh, in our yeah. time frame. So there is a kind of invisible, unacknowledged link between the two. Merlin mm -hmm. makes that link because he is one of a number of Merlins. Uh, mm -hmm. There's actually two of them. Um, during Arthur's lifetime oh. um, and I've, I've got in the book I think I've got seven of them starts off with Taliesin finishes up with a guy up in Scotland uh, but they're only there for a period as Merlins of a maybe a couple of hundred years right. and then you start to see um, sort of the Anglo-Saxon way of the weird kind of um, magician creeping in mm -hmm. um, and then of course you get the wicker and the witchcraft and those kind of things coming mm -hmm. in as well 
so over a period of about a thousand years, it, it's developed into the kind of wizards we have now uh, mm -hmm. that have sort of won dueling competitions in the Harry Potter movies and, and what right. have you, you know, uh, right. which I'm, I'm not exactly wars. sure they used to do that, you know. Um, I know, yeah. it was all wizard wars, I love it. it yeah, well, I've, I've got to tell you, I mean, uh, anybody that kind of is into wizardry and stuff like that, we all sort of had a laugh because you've got these people pointing, you know, wands of power at each other. Right. Uh, but, but in magical circles, basically your wand is that. Right. that. It's your finger. You right. know, a wand is basically a pointing stick right. for focusing your intent or magic or energy or whatever. So right. there's all these people running around with these amazing technological pieces of wood that they're, you know, throwing spells at each other. But they look cool. Well, yeah, they do. They do, you know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you look a bit daft sort of pointing your finger and hoping that you know electric bolts would come out yeah, of that. Careful who you're yeah. pointing at. You might show some intention. <laughs> yeah. somebody's have, somebody's, have somebody's eye out with that. <laughs> you, have somebody, you have somebody's third eye out with that. Sorry, I couldn't resist <laughs> exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's true. You're not wrong. I love it. No, um, yeah. You so, make yeah, comments of, of Merlin's. Like it, yeah. So Merlin wasn't like so much a name as it was a title. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, I mean, I'm, I, it took me ages to find where it is in the book, but I, I just off memory, I know the first one I think I found was Merlin Taliesin. Then right. you got Merlin Ambrosius, which is right. um, Uther Pendragon's brother. Then right. you got Merlin Lelogan, who is the old guy who starts off the whole Arthurian thing. So right. he's kind of old enough to remember the Romans leaving Britain. So he sees right. Arthur as as being the savior of the old Roman ways, you know, yeah, he's going to bring back old magic, old druidry, old ways of doing things. But he then, after uh, the Battle of Baden, when Arthur's victorious, he dies and his replacement is uh, a guy called Merlin Willet or Merlin the Mad. And he's the one who, after Arthur's died and after the defeat, he ends up witnessing mm -hmm. like the, the battles, the inter uh, interracial battles between the Welsh where they're fighting mm. their own kind. And he slowly goes mad and he finishes up, I think somewhere in Cumbria. And then mm. the next one, I can't remember his last name. He's a guy somewhere up in the lowlands of Scotland. Um, right. And he's in contact with another guy who's very similar in Ireland. Mm -hmm. So they are the dying embers, if you like, of the uh, Romano pagan um, Druidic right. uh, race of folks. Because the Druids were just, they, they were kind of Greek philosophers and natural, mm -hmm. they were into natural magic, natural magician, magicians, if you like. And, uh, mm -hmm. and they embraced in the later years a lot of, of um, Christianity because right. they were one of the two classes that were persecuted by the Romans. Um, mm -hmm. You couldn't be a Christian if, 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 you couldn't be a Roman citizen if you were a Christian, and mm -hmm. you couldn't be a Roman citizen if you were a Druid. They were basically banned. One's a religious dissident, the other one's a political dissident, because the Druids never stopped telling the Celts to fight, right. you know. Um, right. and, and that's that's carried on. It's carried on into magic. That's kind of what magicians are. They're always seen as being, you know, left field, as being um, detached from society, as being different uh, with vast uh, religious or uh, philosophical knowledge, magical knowledge, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just, that's ballooned, really. That's since kind of the 1500s, 1600s, it's, it's really gone nuts. Because in the 1500s, we had people like Dr. John Dee, who was uh, hired by Queen Elizabeth as her protector magician because uh, an interesting one that she was walking on, um, I think it was Hampstead Heath, um, right. and somebody who didn't like Queen Elizabeth had nailed a doll 
of Queen Elizabeth to a tree and stuck it full of pins. So can you imagine the Queen comes face to face with that and she's like, oh, uh, what do we do about this? You know, um, we, we need counter magic, you know. So, so that's why people say, well, John D, Dr. John D was, was the first 007. Because he's he's um, a counter agent, if you like. He's working against the forces of evil, and that really that that I mean, Doctor John D. That's when magicians just take off, you know. After yeah. that, the Elizabethan times. Then from there on, apart from a really bad patch with the Puritans over here in uh, in America in the 1600s, you mm -hmm. know, they they were not popular then. But then it's sort of it's grown as like a, a movement since then. Right. So, uh, magus, right. magi, magicians, you know, all, all these people. Uh, yeah. Chief, Chief Druids, uh, they all have different titles. Mm -hmm. uh, Magisters, yeah. that's another one. <laughs> I, I think it's really, it's it's fascinating. I think how many children just grow up in the allure of, you know, ancient wizards and all of this, this power and this knowledge. I don't really realize, you know, that it was truly a, a belief and a way of life. Yeah. Um, that just died out like so many things did but i mean did they die out because uh -oh. i think okay yeah. which brings us into the 20th century um i think where you've had the esoteric and the the occult um yeah. practitioners who who call themselves also you know wizards yeah. or warlocks that sort of thing well, coming out of doing the research I did on, on Merlin and the Merlins, yeah. um, you really get the impression, even just bracketing that one group of people, mm -hmm. you get the impression that there are magicians, there are Merlins for every season, every time and every season. You know, wow. every every period in history, you can point to its own version of what a magician might be. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, back 150 100 150 years you'd probably be looking at the alistair crowleys of this world people like that um, yes. and the head witches you know alexanders and gardner and th they would all be regarded as that nowadays it's different again there are people out there practicing the occult that are quite prominent prominent characters they mm -hmm. might now be regarded as as the magicians for this day and age you know mm -hmm. each time you go back you end up with this list of leading characters in mm -hmm. magic that kind of fit the bill. And I don't think there's ever been a time when they've never been there. They've always been there. You know, somewhere in the right. world, there's always some old bloke practicing magic. You know? <laughs> oh, you're talking about kids and all the rest of it. Can you imagine that going to a job, uh, not a job interview, going to um, one of these interviews that they have at schools and colleges, you know, and um, what do you want to be when you grow up, Sonny? You know, and you go, I want to be a wizard. Imagine the careers advisor going, well, that's not a proper job, you know, and, and, and then this little lad looking at him going, oh, yes, it is, and just going, boom, vanishes. Exactly. <laughs> Who's like, Who says? What, what happened? Yeah, exactly. I know. Who says it's not proper? How's <laughs> this for proper? Oh, no, my gosh, I love it. No, it, it's, I, I agree with you. I think, do, do you think um, it's something that is, pretty much underground with practitioners or you know i think the real serious ones aren't the ones that are out there yeah i'll tell you a story because i um my very 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 distant background before i got into the church and i qualified as a vicar and all that sort of thing mm -hmm. way way back when i was a kid when it was like in the 1970s there was still 
hippie colonies and hippies around and things like that. I used to hang out. Well, I used to hang out with this bunch of older hippies that that was in a village near us, and they had a coven that was attached to what they were doing. Um, And I I met loads of them. I I met and I met the guy that was in charge of that. He was a magister. So I met these different people. He definitely back then, even back in the seventies, he had this attitude where none of them want to go public because they're all waiting for the persecution times to return. You know, oh. uh, well, back in the 60s, well, the 50s, if you like, you know, they only repealed the Witchcraft Act in the UK in 1953. So mm-hmm. you go back to the 1950s, nobody actually believed that the act had been repealed. You know, in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, possibly even in the 1980s, people were saying, well, you know, they're going to bring it back. They're going to bring the Witchcraft Act back. And they're just doing this to get us to come out, you know, and reveal ourselves and state mm-hmm. who we are. And then next minute, you know, it'll be it'll be the burning times again and all this, that and the other. And that attitude has prevailed. You know, if it like you say, if there's anybody out there that's really good at it, you know, who's going to be out there this Halloween, you know, chatting to his ancestors, you know, sat mm-hmm. in a graveyard surrounded by figures that look like they come out of star wars you know these see-through things that come through from the other side you know if, if somebody's doing that there's absolutely no way that person is going to tell anybody they're, no. they're just not you know it's it's no. it, you fell off the edge of the world when you go into realms like that so right. I, I i think well, yeah most of the entire secret societies that that are you know pretty hardcore with this you know looking to blusferians rosicrucians and that's a whole other yeah freemasonry um there's there's quite a few yeah there's there's tons Um, do you think though that it's because of it's more of an ancient knowledge thing than it is a you know a society where we just like running around a rope sort of thing (laughs) like and i'm not trying to be but i'm just saying there's a lot of people that really don't have an idea of exactly how significant this is no, I think a lot of people have, have missed it. I, I, I'll start at the beginning when you're mentioning sort of historically, you know, and, and yes. what have you. I mean, if, if you go all the way back to what we know of Bible manuscripts, if you go back to the Old Testament manuscripts, so you're now looking 3,000 to 4,000 years ago. You know, mm-hmm. you're in the truly into the BC period. There is absolutely no way that there would be so much written about witchcraft and the occult and contacting the dead and casting mm-hmm. spells, etc., uh, there would be nothing at all written about that in the Bible unless it was real. Mm-hmm. That's, that's your starting point. Clearly, people at that point in history were either really doing it or genuinely believed that it was real at that point. So you're starting off almost with mm-hmm. an assumption that it's real. You know, I mean, why would God speak out against doing these practices if these practices didn't exist and they didn't work? Mm-hmm. You know, so, there's that argument. Then as you start moving forward, like you say, people then start to discover more and more things that do work. Now, then you've got the, is it good to do this? You know, is it, is it a moral or a practical, you know, argument? You know, there are a lot of things we can do mm-hmm. that are really bad for us, you know, as, as human beings. So somewhere down the line, somebody somewhere would make a moral judgment. I think perhaps the definition of a magician is someone who either has a different set of morals or mm-hmm. makes different sets of moral judgments so it sends them off in directions that the average person wouldn't go in Mm -hmm. and most of the average people are quite happy to sit there and go okay you want to do that 
off you go. We're not going to do it, but we'll all sit and watch and see what happens, you know. <laughs> so then then you finish up with the poor old Alistair Crowley, you know, kind of characters who are off there, you know, conjuring demons and chatting to the devil and this, that, and the other. And the next minute, he's a mess. He's completely wrecked. You know, his life's over. Right. Um, but he's gone out there and done it. I mean, Crowley wasn't, he didn't mince his words. He actually said, I am doing this as an experiment. You know, if right. it works, it works. And blow blow the consequences right. um and there are consequences so uh i think yeah there are dangers so people sit back and there are also this idea that yes it is very very ancient it's been around a long time mm -hmm. um you know so again people avoid that and, and they've got this they've got this idea that magic is something that you know is specialized and you have to study and you know it's it's really detailed and, and all the rest of it and yet the more you get into magic the more you realize that it's it's actually there anyway mm -hmm. if you know what i mean if you know where to look if, if your eyes are opened it's uh you know you wake up in the morning you get out of bed and from that point on the rest of your day is magic whether mm -hmm. you like it or not you know it is and again that goes back to this idea that we're all kind of little gods we all have powers and abilities mm -hmm. and like it or not you are going to change the world you know it's right. going to happen that way you know if billions of people all around planet earth all get together on halloween which they do then that's going to generate enough energy then mm -hmm. for things to happen you know right. you'd expect that to happen you know so um Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think to some extent, yes, you can go off and you can, you know, you can study the OTO or, you know, whatever. Uh, you, you can go and do all that. You can do all the studying work and that. Or just be aware as a human being mm -hmm. of what you're capable of and what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, you know. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's a bit crazy, really, because some people kind of sit there and go, oh, do you know what? I really wish I had whatever a bicycle or something you know and then the next week the next door neighbor goes i'm getting rid of a bicycle yeah and they, they don't make the connection you know to someone yeah. who's magical it's obvious you can tell what's just happened like Times that, just well, putting yeah, it there. Well, yeah. did it happen because it was gonna it was supposed to happen it was gonna happen anyway or did you actually do Manifest something it. with the timeline to the environment mm. you know was right. your intent sufficient not maybe to make it happen, but to tip the circumstances in mm -hmm. your favour. Because mm -hmm. that really, that's all magic is. If you, if, you, if you get any of the top witches and wizards and people in the occult, if you get hold of them and you say, what are you actually doing? They will say, we've got reality. We've got the planet around us. We're pushing it. That's what we're doing. We're giving information into that matrix and we're giving it a shove. That's all we're doing. Mm -hmm. So don't have the power to part the red sea or raise people from the dead or you know whatever that's that's super super stuff that probably disappeared with jesus who was the last of of the egyptians basically because that's where he got most of like, that from. like necromancing things oh, of that nature it's yeah. only knows, you know i mean uh, that that was god's power you know whether it was mm -hmm. him as a as a god or him as god or whether he borrowed mm -hmm. it from god you know that's yeah. a theological debate but at the end of the day the end result was something that only god could do so right. yeah there are limits i think there are limits as to how far we can go the idea of name it and claim it you know nab it and grab it and all this idea that you know yeah i'm gonna have a thousand thousand million trillion pounds by the end of the year you know no 
No, you're not. You're just not that powerful, you know, as a creature. <laughs> that's that's not going to happen. Right. But the chances right. that you might be able to attract a bicycle, you know, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a big achievement. Have a go. You know what I mean? <laughs> but there are people who truly believe. Like I'm a believer in mindset, and a lot of people believe in the power of the mind. Absolutely. Um, there, there are people out there. I'll use necromancing just as an example because we just said it's something that really can't be done. Mm. There are people who believe it really can be done. I was yes. contacted a few years ago. I, I say a few years ago, a couple of decades ago. And somebody said, you know, I'd like you to help me do this. Bring my husband back. I'm like, what? <laughs> and where in your mind do you think I can do? Well, it's, it's instrumental it's, in any of this. Well, it's back to what I said in, in, in what I just said then. You know, there's some things that we can do and maybe yeah. we shouldn't be doing them. You know what I mean? No, it's not, no, it's not no. us. It's, it's not in our limit. To, I'm not saying they can't be done. You know, you've but got the witch of Endor in the Old Testament. She brings the, the yeah. high priest back. I think his name was Samuel. Uh, right. Brings him back for Saul, who's king at that time. So she can't refuse the king. It's, he's, no. She's doing it at a royal order. Right. What's really right. shocking is that she's amazed and the king's amazed because he comes back. He actually comes back when he's asked to. And they're like, oh, I wish we'd not done this. You know, <laughs> so that's the first sign of something like that going wrong. And that's probably 1600 BC, something right. like that. You know, it went wrong then. So there's a pretty good chance it's going to go wrong now. It's, you know, it's probably going to go um, more wrong now because people are just in a hurry now. Nobody yeah. takes the time to do it. You come back and end up with a half a person or something, you know. Yeah, it's like, yeah or you dial somebody up on a Ouija board, you know, and you think you forget <laughs> to say goodbye. Yeah. You know, and then you wonder why the rest of your day, week, month, life starts going downhill really quick. I've you know. seen it. Yeah, because you I've brought something it. in and it sat there like, well, you asked me to be here kind of thing. You know, I'm it's just doing true. what I'm here to do. Because I don't true. think, I don't think, uh, no matter how powerful you are as a magician, I don't think you fully get a handle on what's mm. going on in the invisible. You right. know, it's 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 like um, going into the deep sea mm -hmm. and thinking that you can survive, you know, without air tanks and a wetsuit. You know, right. it, unless you're prepared for that environment, mm -hmm. it's not something we can just do off the cuff. You know, no. a bunch of kids with a candle in a graveyard, you know, at midnight on Halloween trying to conjure up spirits. That is really dangerous because you're at the bottom of the Marianas Trench without a wetsuit and tanks, you know, under high pressure from an environment that you're just not supposed to be in. You know, mm -hmm. we, we're not designed to go there. Um, so from a practical point of view, that's one you definitely should leave to the to the high magicians, the high magic folks, because mm -hmm. uh, at least they've got some idea of what they're doing, mm -hmm. um, which is it's funny, actually, because, you know, everyone's got this idea of, of what magic's all about. If you grab hold of some of these guys who are high up in the organizations, they will tell you to leave it well alone because right. they've all had bad experiences. Right. You know, um, I mean, the classic one with Ouija boards is, you know, something comes through and it's your Auntie Nelly. Your it's Auntie Nelly true. comes through and goes, hi, you know, it's Auntie <laughs> Nelly here. And just to prove it, I had a bad leg when I was alive, you know. And then, like, you know, half an hour later, you've got this lying spirit that's throwing things around the room and causing chaos because exactly. the invisible know that your Auntie Nelly had a bad leg before she died because right. they can see us. The that's same right. way that we can see them. That's right. So, I agree. Yeah. And, and that's that's the biggest, uh, I mean, the most popular way, I think, of people getting their bit of magic, you know, is yeah. the spirit communication. And I always say there's a lot of lower laying 
entities that just wait for the opportunity to come through. And if they need help, maybe you shouldn't be asking them to come through. Yeah, a There's lot of a the reason writing, they need help. Yeah, right? if you go back and you study the writings, you study things uh, from the past, the grimoires and whatnot. Yes. Half of it, if not three quarters of it, tells you how to get out of trouble and how to keep things away and how to be safe, you know, right. and this, this kind of thing. I mean, the classic one is, you know, conjure in a magic circle. Everybody nowadays, without fail, gets in the middle of the magic circle and starts waving wands and staffs and candles and incense and goodness knows what around. But you go back to the old grimoires, you go back to the days of John Dee and what have you. No, the guy that's doing it, the practitioner, is outside the circle. The, the circle's the protection. It's there to keep whatever it is that turns up in the control. circle. Exactly. Meanwhile, you're in there with it. It's like getting in a cage with a lion. You know, it's crackers. But they've completely reversed the rules, you know. Read your grimoires, people. <laughs> I know. I think he's watching too much telly because yeah. that's pretty much what they show. Get in the circle and you put the salt around and you've got everything. Just yeah. don't break the circle. Don't break the salt line. Just yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, it's completely opposite. Yeah, because the, fo the focus of all magic, actually, if you draw a circle, is the mm. spot in the center of the circle. That's where everything is focused and concentrated. It doesn't right. matter what you stick on it. You can have hexagrams, pentagrams, octagrams, whatever. The mm -hmm. spot in the middle, mathematically, that's your center of power. Right. So if you're stood in the middle of that circle and all of a sudden, you know, boom, something turns up with horns, it's going to turn up on that spot that's right, right where you are if you're mm -hmm. in the middle of it. Uh, and, and from anyone that's ever practiced magic, I mean, there's going to be loads of people out there into covens and goodness over else. Right. They will know that what I'm saying is absolutely true because a lot of experiences where people have been in the middle and <laughs> something's turned up and it's not gone well, you know. Um, <laughs> Instant attachment. Possession. Well, yeah. yeah. On the other hand, most sensible covens meet as a, as a circle. And there's a reason for that. They stay outside right. the protection, you know, right. which is what it's there for. Right. Um, I'll tell you what's really creepy, and this this is going to be fantastic, and I've got to do this at this point in the interview, okay? There's all these people now out there that'll be tuning in. They'll all be tuning into this interview going, oh, this yeah. is something for Halloween, isn't it? And, yeah, yes. it's, it's for Halloween. It's, it's, you know. And then all of a sudden, this, this last bit will have come up, and they'll all be like, oh, that's a bit too real, isn't it? That's a bit too realistic and creepy for Halloween. So they're all going to be running out of the room screaming by this point. No, no, note to self, don't stand in the circle. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, no, this guy thinks something's going to turn up, you know. <laughs> no, no well, we're, not, we're not talking movies, are we? We're not talking sort of theory. This is uh, this is proper stuff, well, which is what yeah. you want for Halloween, you know. If you Well, absolutely. People don't try this at home. No, really, really. <laughs> really. Yeah, I mean, let, let's go back to, I, I mean, I guess if you're talking about things like that, we could probably go back to Solomon and his, you know, yeah. his, he was said to have magical powers to be able to control demons but i mean there are those that don't believe solomon existed at all so i guess we're kind of like oh shit which is it but you know let's just hypothetically say we're going with the fact that he did you know for because yeah. a lot of esoteric people don't believe it you know but yeah. um let's say he did and let's say he was said to have control over demons and the ring was the ring of the metaphor was what was that story exactly the ring of the finger <laughs> Oh, wow. I mean, Solomon's an interesting character because uh, yeah. if you go to Jewish mythology and you go to the Old Testament and you read any records yes. that survived for him, he had a mm -hmm. thousand wives. 
So I'm Who sat here. Do I'm, that I'm, to themselves. Exactly, because that means he's had a thousand mother-in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> so when all these Again, people are going, hey, do this to themselves. <laughs> yeah, he's the greatest magician ever to live. But by hell, with a thousand mother-in-laws, you'd have to be, wouldn't you? You know what I mean? You'd you'd have to be the great. You would have to be the greatest magician that ever lived to survive you would, that, because you'd have two thousand uh, females. Oh, you. wow, that's, yeah. And we mean wild. business. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't <laughs> we it? We do. <laughs> but anyway, he survived, so I presume he must have had some kind of magical power to get through all of that, yeah. There's right. a lot of stuff attributed to Solomon because uh, yes. a lot of things in the old days when they were produced, it was fashionable to attach them to a figure of, of great history or authenticity yes. or power or whatever. So a lot of the stuff out there does not survive from the time of Solomon. But there are one or two interesting bits that do go back. The Solomonic magic um, stuff does go back quite a long way. Most, mm. most of it's most of it's probably seven, eight, nine hundred years, could even be a thousand years old. Well, you're getting um, the keys of Solomon, there must be something. Yeah. Yeah, again, that goes back further. I'm just thinking of surviving yeah. copies of the manuscript. The, right. the stuff that's in it is obviously older than the manuscript yes. itself. I think yeah. probably that one actually goes back to Anglo-Saxon times, so that might be even older. You might mm -hmm. be looking at six, seven, eight hundred AD for the existence wow. of that. Um, wow. But that's still that's still like nearly two thousand years after Solomon was alive. You know, so mm -hmm. uh, we still yeah. don't fully know where all of that material originates. But yeah, there is there's just some interesting stuff out there. Yeah. Well, there there is. I think it goes back into sacred knowledge. It does. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah. Like like I've already said, you can plow through this enormous great library of stuff, or right. somewhere along the line, as a human mm -hmm. being, you can kind of develop the keys. You can develop your skills, mm -hmm. and some of that will come to you anyway. You'll get some of that information uh, mm -hmm. naturally as a progression as, as a human being. You know, I was watching something the other day that was absolutely magical, and it was this. Um, it was on the Facebook, I think it was, and someone had put this post up, and it was a lady singer, a young lady preparing to sing. Now she was obviously a pop singer because she was getting ready for a pop video or something like that, um, and she's just you know minding her own business. And the next minute, a baby hummingbird flies onto her costume and attaches itself immediately over a heart oh and it sits there for a couple of minutes in this you know sunning itself and boom, off it goes that's magic you that know magic, uh, magic. And, and, and the transformation and the change on this young lady as a result of that and presumably the performance that she then went on to give will have been affected by that tiny little moment you know tiny mm -hmm. little moment I mean, a lot of folks that practice magic will say that they do attract animals, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I attract cats. It's not because I smell of fish or anything like that. I just <laughs> I just attract them. <laughs> I don't know. Wherever I go, maybe it's because I've got two cats of my own. But And the other thing is, as well, I tend, I tend to rescue crows and ravens and things oh, like I that. I love that. I, I get I on really well with them. I just seem to be able to, I've had five at least, and we've, we've just succeeded in uh, rehabilitating another one. I love one. that. So, They're messengers. You know, they are, Ironically, yeah. They're messengers, right? Yeah. Um, they they so get I've, a bad I've, rap also. Oh, they're amazing. Uh, they crows are. and ravens. It's because they used to clean up the battlefields because they'd eat, they'd eat anything that was dead because mm -hmm. they eat carrion. So they're, you know, birds of death, but they don't actually kill anything. Um, no, and they're said to be messengers from the other side as well. Yeah, well, Odin and has... amazing has talkers. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Odin. Odin's exactly. birds. Uh, they yeah, are incredible. If you really research it, you'll see. I think it's like phenomenal talkers. 
they are. Yeah, have a look at them. Yeah, go on, I've, go on I've YouTube. I've raised parrots, so I know, you know, listening to, you know. I, I think all records is over 60 recognizable words for a, for a crow to have. That's amazing. Um, but the last one we rescued, um, he used to be able to say hello, and then yeah. he stopped. Uh, his main claim to fame was the fact that he used to drink whiskey and coke. <laughs> <laughs> and then stagger across your knee and fall off, you know. Um, so we, we couldn't release him into the wild. He's ended up going to a bird sanctuary because we have a couple of pubs at the back here. So you can imagine what would happen. You know, you let him out of the back door. Next minute he's down the pub having a pint, you know, annoying the, the, the punters. So we, we just couldn't let him out. So he's ended up. Um, I can imagine the people having a few down. drinks and you have a bird looking at yeah, you. And imagine that. You to the wind going, Down it comes, you know. <laughs> And yeah. sticks its head in your glass and starts drinking you whatever it is you've got, you know. <laughs> so if anybody this Halloween gets pestered by a crow, chances are it's the one we've got or had. We just had right. Doing this thing. Yeah, that is so funny. I once met a little a robin, a baby robin that could speak. Um, a friend of mine at the Ooh. time, she would train birds. Um, yeah. And she could train any bird to speak. And I was sitting, she had one of my parrots that uh, unbeknownst to me, I rescued. And it was whoever the owners were bought a wild one and they brought it in. And um, I ended up with this rescue through one of the humane societies. And it was wild. You couldn't touch it. But she would tame birds very, very gently. And um, so I came over to check on him one day and all I hear is this tiny little hello. Hello. And I'm going, how's that? Because it's really, it was teeny, it was a baby. And I'm yeah. going, what the heck? What am I hearing? I'm staring at the bird. Bird's staring at me. He's not talking. That's and amazing. I know when I looked down, there's this teeny little robin. His nest mates plucked all his feathers off his head. And his balls can be all rested, tough with feathers. Aww. He's going, hello. I was like, oh, my God, a robin's talking to me. I had to check myself. <laughs> nope, I'm well. just totally coherent right now. This is a robin talking to me. <laughs> So but that's magic. There we go. That's magic. Right? That's, that's that's what happens when human beings pay attention to their environment. You know, amazing things, absolutely amazing things happen that, that are just unimaginable. You know, do you think they, that's part of the problem with just all these signs and everything that's being left out there? And it's just we as humans are not paying attention to all I, of it. I, absolutely. I think most people walk around as if they're in a glass case. You know, mm -hmm. like they're hermetically sealed in some kind of container, and the mm -hmm. rest of the world around them is kind of going, boom, 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 boom. "Let me in, let we're me in." Here. You know, we're here, yeah. hello. Oh, you know, yeah. and try to throw messages at us, but we're right. so kind of you know tunnel vision. I, I mm -hmm. think a lot of people miss that; they really do miss out on that, um, which is a shame. I mean, uh, you know, perhaps the device that some people are watching this on now is guilty of causing that as well. Mobile phones and oh. you know. Uh, <laughs> Palm tops it's designed and, to keep us stupid, I think. Yeah, it's, sure. that, it's, it's that focus. So Television. Um, it's nice that what we're talking about now actually is almost a reaction against that. What we're saying is, you know, switch your phone off, put your palm top down, shut the lid on your laptop and go and sit in the woods for an afternoon. Yes. You know, yes. it's it's waiting to happen. The magic mm -hmm. is there. You know, it's waiting to happen. Well, I think technology definitely has has this way of learning that i mean the ancients were very um they were very aware of all of this and it seemed to be very natural in many ways it's not something you necessarily had to um do rituals for unless you know you were getting more hardcore but i mean kings would go see oracles and seers and say look 
you know, am I going to win yeah. this battle? I want to know yeah. the details. You know, um, this, this this is something that was very normal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like that was uh, what was it? Delphi, the oracle at Delphi. That uh, yes. one of the kings went down there and went, "What's going to happen?" And the oracle went, "Today, a king will die on the battlefield." <laughs> and of course, this idiot king assumed it was his opposition, and it wasn't. It was him. It was him. <laughs> hey, <laughs> which teaches you something about magic, and that is don't make assumptions. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. All these people specifics, getting, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, wherever your messages are coming from, you know, be it you know tarot right. or whatever, crystal ball, whatever don't make assumptions you know mm. they, that's another big rule with with uh, stuff to do with that side of things mm -hmm. you know um you know just just don't do that yeah yeah <laughs> Bad idea. Oh. but so i so i guess then that um it goes back to um i guess if you're going back into the worshiping of different deities uh let's face it a lot of a lot of you know, the Old Testament deities were taken by the church and no, demon, 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 you know. Yeah, so of quite a few were. Yeah, yeah. So so in a way it's been it's been taken, I guess, from mm. we as a populace. Well, I, I, I my mind is cast back to, um, again, speaking magically, you know, if you'd have gone back, forget the 2000s, forget the 1900s, go back to the 1800s. If you'd gone back to Victorian times, oh, you've got all these people. I mean, I'll make, I'll make this relevant. You've got all these people invading America, and they're mm -hmm. coming up against what are described as noble savages. You know, we right. are bringing Christianity, you know, to conquer the, the savage inhabitants of this land. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden now, 250 years later, we're thinking, no, uh, these are not noble savages at all. They're actually a million times more civilized than, than we ever were. Yes. Uh, you know, they could live in the same spot for hundreds of years. Yes. And when they move, you don't know they've been there. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's civilization of an entirely different kind. And like mm -hmm. you say, it's this harmonious relationship between mm -hmm. them as living creatures right. and the living creatures and their environment around them. You know, and we, we mm -hmm. just go blundering in. You know, I think we're still right. doing it now to, to certain societies around the world. We, we just blunder in and just blow all that apart. Mm -hmm. And then it takes hundreds of years for us to come all the way around to realize that actually, no, they were right in the first place. You know, mm -hmm. they were doing things that were genuinely magical. Their mm -hmm. shamans were doing things relating to the environment and achieving things that mm -hmm. we're only just waking up to now. We're only just realizing, you know, that these things are even possible. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people that, that, that were like that in the past now are no longer with us. They're gone. You know, we've lost that element. It, it's, it's almost like we started off and the environment of the planet um, that we were in, that was mm -hmm. like, you know, 98%. And we, we were like this little 2% that were part of it. And mm -hmm. we've now tumbled it the other way. 98% of what goes on on planet Earth is us. It's all about us. It's all about our technology and what we do and environmentalism and all the rest of it. And the planet and what's already here is that tiny little 2%. We've gone, we've gone from one extreme all the way across to the other extreme. Mm -hmm. um, and we've done it in the space of probably 2,000 years, maybe. Um, yeah. You know, you brought an ancient Egyptian back now. I don't think they'd recognize the planet or society or humans at all. They'd wonder yeah. what on earth had gone wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. um, some people do actually believe that we're living in hell now, <laughs> you know. 
Who am yeah. I to argue? Purgatory, anyway. <laughs> well, certainly, yeah. <laughs> Trying to get through the classroom. I don't mm. want to do this again. <laughs> you know, Why do I want we to do graduate. This to <laughs> yeah. Why do we do this to people? I know. <laughs> it's like, come on. But then their days is like, okay, I'm skipping school today. It's like, no, not an option. <laughs> so, but um, I think um, when we look at just getting back to magic mm. there's modern times it's so it's believed that elite people of the world who would be you know i guess in in arms with with the vatican with really high up because everything's at the vatican let's face it we've yeah. talked about that you know yeah. just to be a fly on the wall in the vatican archives i think it'd be yeah, a busy and have enough time have enough time to actually read them yeah that's what i'm saying yeah you know yeah. like that's just where all the gold is right there with respects yeah. to information um but it's believed that that they along with many you know of, of the, the most elite families have have this ancient knowledge of of magic and you know that the source everything that we seek is this knowledge mm. and so much of it has been kept from us because it wasn't for the common man even though it used to be even though it was you know it was for yeah. for everyone within the cultures and, and and you know like again pagans and the druids this was this was quite normal it was a way of life that you would go to to these people like our indigenous people will go to their shaman, you know, like the, the knowledge was there of the, of their ancestors was there. And it went back hundreds, if not thousands of years. And then it, everything just comes to an end. And it just seems to be that select people mm, have yeah. this amazing mm. knowledge and wars have been fought over it. And uh, um, so there's a few things I can add to that. I mean, the, yeah. the bit we're talking about, about revelation through life yeah. and through the world, yeah. that's called natural theology. It actually has a name okay. and that, if you like, is divine revelation through nature, through physical matter and physical mm -hmm. existence, which you've, you've got to say is available to everybody. You know, right. but that's maybe that's what we've lost. Mm -hmm. So if, if you want a sort of grimoire, you want a holy book that everybody can read and understand, mm -hmm. then it's that planet Earth and it's that natural theology. It's everything beyond, you know, the glass case that we walk around encased in. It's, it's everything else. Right. So that's one issue. One issue is it's there to be found if you go looking for it. The other issue, though, is the idea that, that everything that's been learned is hidden away somewhere. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's two things that feed into that. First of all, I've met a lot of people over the years that you might regard as being high up in different organizations. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it a lot. I've met loads of people. And the ratio of intelligent people to people who are basically stupid is the same the further up the magical tree you go. Right. So let, let's say <laughs> 10 people in every 100 are really switched on. Well, if you went to the Vatican, you'd find 10 of them out mm -hmm. of every hundred of them were switched on. And the right. rest of them are just blundering along like the rest of us. So it's a bit of a misnomer to think that everybody in a high position is is necessarily, you know, one of the elect or one of the select few. 
Uh, we've just had a, a storming example of it over here. We had a prime minister that's only lasted 45 days. She actually resigned today and packed in because Boris, the previous prime minister, he resigned and now Liz Truss has resigned. So clearly the people that were around her and the government that she was supporting were somewhere in the other 90 percent. She right. hasn't had many of the 10 percent of people who, who really, really, you know, cut right. it and unless it's all deliberate, which some people will argue, but in, in my experience is it's not. It's not deliberate. There are people out there who genuinely don't have a clue what they're doing. And right. they're, they're fortunately, they're in the majority. That's how it is. Um, so that's worth bearing in mind. And the other mm. thing worth bearing in mind as well, which is the second point, all the information that they've got available. So let's say probably every single book that's in the Vatican Library. Right. At some point in history has leaked out so there are books out there that mm -hmm. are real you know top shelf high-end mm -hmm. magic of you know, this works and you can put money on it type of books right. they're actually out there mm -hmm. but either people don't know where to find them or they can't be bothered to go and look or they don't bother to read them when they find them you know right. so it's not entirely these mm -hmm. organizations faults for hiding that data there are morsels of information out there well it's more than that i mean uh i'll, I'll tell you a story personal story i, I mentioned i started off in witchcraft by yes. default because that, that was the circles i was moving in right. by the time i got a teenager i started having more and more contact with uh christianity with the church i converted just before my 16th birthday mm -hmm. and of course when i converted they say well don't you think you ought to read the bible and I'm like, oh, I don't want to read that. You know, a load of nonsense, book of fairy tales and all the rest of it. <laughs> and then I actually got my old copy. I got it off the shelf, the one that I had when I was at school. Right. And I started flicking through it. And I'm thinking, this is the greatest book of shadows I've ever read. Wow. Now, well, a book of shadows is mm -hmm. simply a book filled with people's life experiences mm -hmm. in the realm of magic and worldliness and you know mm. what they've achieved and what works and what doesn't work right. and i'm going through the bible going well that's basically what this is it's right. a book of shadows right. but you you think about how many people over the centuries have stopped people from going anywhere near that book most mm. people have got the same idea i had which is ah you know a bunch of fairy tales load of nonsense mm. you know it's just made up but it's this is the crux of the matter it's not if you actually go through mm -hmm. it and read it like a magician would read it back to where right. we came in or like a witch would read it or a warlock or someone in a secret society mm -hmm. it's amazing there's some incredible mm -hmm. stuff in there i mean even the ten commandments they just tell you if you do this mm -hmm. this will happen now that's right. all they are do this right. and this is going to be the result uh, right. i'll give you an example and uh, this is a brilliant example of how things look absolutely nonsensical uh, there's one of the commandments is, you know, uh, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days might be long in the land that the Lord gives you. And you think, hang on a minute, that's a load of nonsense. How can, you know, me keeping on the right side of mum and dad mean mm -hmm. that I'm going to live longer? Yeah, I, I, I don't get the connection. But then if you look at it from a, a sort of a, a life and a magic point of view, and you think, well, hang on a minute, mum mm -hmm. and dad have already been here for 10 20 30 40 years longer than me they've got more experience than me right and they also knew the generations that were alive before i was alive right so it's worth paying attention to what they know mm -hmm. because i'm going to avoid making the same mistakes 
Right. Ah, all of a sudden it makes sense. Of course right. I'm going to live longer if right. I don't go and stick my head in a gas oven because Uncle John did it when he was 30 <laughs> and died. Right. You know, right. it's, it's that obvious. That when when logic, it's pointed yeah. out, you think, mm. oh, hang on a minute, it does work. There is an equation behind that, and it makes perfect sense even in the 21st century. And, and that's what the Bible's like. It's just full mm. of stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. and it's because of the way it's been translated and the way people use it. I think it and, lost in translation is an easy way of, of well, looking it's, it's, at They're it. stopping you. They're stopping you by blocking you from going there. Right. You know, because, uh, I mean, some people, like, personally, I would prefer more the Old Testament. Yes. Reading that because I, I just find it. Yeah. There, there's just more in it. It's just more, you know, I mean books aren't all left out i i personally enjoyed the book of enoch for example yeah i mean he's yeah. your first alien abductee technically right but exactly that's so, what i'm yeah. saying you know like jesus himself had all these experiences and... yeah, he was taken up and disappeared through the clouds <laughs> that's a, that is a nice trick if yeah. you can do it believe it's me i wouldn't much mind doing better that read I find then the yeah. first or this, you know, the New Testament personally, if you know, but I think this is where people sort of get lost is you have all these theologians and all these people who are, who are maybe not translating it properly. Some people believe, you know, like the Red Sea was a sea of yeah. reeds and like, you know, it's like, it's hard to go back and say exactly what was what, but then you have these great things like the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and how they found this location and how... Yeah, archaeology is yeah, it's back, it does it backs it up yeah it tends to back it up. i'll give you another good example actually because um this this one will probably pop a few heads out there but out, out we've we've now got this thing the church of satan which clearly exists you know yes. um yeah. was its leader um you know and, and it's out yeah. there and the references and the material that they use to create what they create in terms of their writings and the things they study and a lot of what what they did was um fished out of the Bible, there are mm -hmm. 680 references in the Bible mm -hmm. to those kind of things, you know, Satan, mm -hmm. hell, all this sort of thing. And all they did was just go back to those old manuscripts and pull that information out and, and regenerate it. Well, it was a lot of self-indulgence, right, to make it more about honoring well, yourself, uh, I think, yeah. then. And also to create this yeah. dualism, this black and white, hell and heaven, devil yeah. and God, you know, the whole kind of that that was something that they wanted to achieve, which they mm -hmm. did, which we're stuck with it now. Mm -hmm. But what the, the kind of the point I'm making is a lot of the magical stuff, you mm -hmm. know, Solomon is a biblical character. Yeah. So a, a lot of the stuff that you find, um, Hebrew, ancient Hebrew is used a lot in magical rites, mm -hmm. as is Greek, Latin, and one or two of sure. the other old, old languages. So mm -hmm. a lot of what we're using is based on what we've already got. Mm -hmm. But we're only using it if it works. Right. If it's true and it finds its way into, you know, some other book, just because it's in that book and it's in the Bible doesn't make it not true. Right. You know, it's kind right. of, that's kind yeah. of, the Bible's, like you say, we've got the Bible, we've got the Apocrypha, we've got the Dead Sea mm. Scrolls, we've got the Nag Hammadi Library, we've got all these Gospels that are left over. And then, and then, if you really want to take a run at it, you've got the entire contents of the Vatican basement, you know, the Vatican sure. Library. <laughs> all this material's out there, and it all comes from somewhere. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is, does it work, and what does it achieve? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where, where does it take us? Where, where is it getting us, you know? Well, um, look at the ancient library they just located in Romania. There's another one that's they're yeah. surfacing, you know, the yeah. the Library of Alexandria, which unfortunately so much was lost. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that, I think, that got hidden. 
Dead Sea Scrolls. Let's think about how those got found, the Gnostic texts. You know, there's a lot yeah. of stuff that was just, I think, hidden and will eventually surface and maybe yeah. we can... I mean, we're, we're lucky with the stuff that wasn't destroyed, yeah. basically, because various mm -hmm. different, you know, uh, religions and theologies in the past have sure. not been not been accommodating shall we say to material that they should have been mm -hmm. um, and they kind of knocked a lot of it out and destroyed a lot of it i mean there's uh, probably most folks don't realize but some of the biggest untranslated libraries of stuff that we've got that have survived are in africa you know some of the coptic libraries that are in places like ethiopia and that yes. and go into the body of you know as they call it darkest africa going there there's entire libraries of thousands of handwritten manuscripts out there and right. most people don't even know they exist you know they don't even wow. know they're there um wow. and a lot of them were written very very early on you know thousand years 1500 2000 years back and right. a lot of them were, were preserved and copied by religious communities the only snag there is with a lot of the African revolutionaries and political uprisings and what have you, a lot of the libraries are getting burnt. They are destroying them. And I think there's a concerted effort now amongst the international um, archaeological and literary community to try and do something about that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just Africa. I mean, you mentioned Romania, you know, yes. what else, what else is hiding in places like Egypt? You know, or South America that's still waiting to be yeah. found, you know, all mm. over the planet. You know, this stuff's still out there. Mm -hmm. um, mm. Where is that going to take us? You know, we're back on the subject of magic again, brings us around again. Um, yeah. It will change our reality. It'll certainly change our view of the past. I'm, I'm convinced. Mm -hmm. I, I think so. Um, I'd like to see it more open to everyone. You know, there's just a lot of stuff that isn't. And maybe that's with good reason. You know, imagine yeah. some people who, you know, have like this using their finger as a, <laughs> well, a well, bad go, weapon. Going back, going back to Halloween. Going back to Halloween again. I mean, can you, can you imagine that? You, 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 find old, you find this dusty old manuscript looks like something out of Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, you find it in a cave in the desert. You, this manuscript gives you the formula for raising people from the dead. So right. you go, wow, what amazing power. You know what I mean? You go running around on the 31st of October, going around cemeteries, going, right, you can come back. You can right. come back. You can come. You imagine the terror and confusion and chaos that would result from somebody absolutely uncontrolled, you know, no, just putting true. something they've learned into practice. Well, let's have true. a go at this, you know, totally, totally unresponsible, irresponsible, you know. It'd be like a zombie apocalypse, you know. Um, Right. Which probably Halloween is in America. There's lots of zombies, I believe, that you have out there. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's there's a few. If, if anybody knocks, if anybody knocks at my front door, I tend to open it, dressed in a big black cloak, and just go, "Hello, can I can I help you?" And, and then all the talking, drinking bird. <laughs> yeah, well, all the zombies then turn into zombies, and zombies are zombies <laughs> that move very quickly and they run away from you. They go off like a shot, you know. So, so we have zombies around here, fast-moving ones. <laughs> we can you can imagine though, magic, magic used irresponsibly, you know, would just yeah, create I, I absolute chaos. I um, can see that. Why do you think? I mean, I know for me the question is obvious. Um, you know, for some others like practitioners, um, it would be obvious. For laymen, maybe not. When we start getting back into throughout medieval ages, the Inquisition, mm -hmm. and then it followed here, obviously to the New World, Salem, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were looking at people who were just, 
horticulture as naturopaths, people now who we would say were just, you know, finding natural way of life. But, you know, they were, again, trying to either prove a point, control the masses, um, and the logic, we're going to throw you in the water. If you sink, <laughs> you, you know, like you're, you're, you're yeah. dead anyway. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's just, there was just no real logic behind the methods. What do you think? And again, this started way off, you know, obviously in Europe and found its way here. Well, where I am, we have the Lancashire witch trials. Uh, yes. which came just before Salem. So actually you and I are both in very much in the same position, having yeah. um, that kind of thing within a stone's throw of where we are. Mm -hmm. um, the Lancashire witch trials were interesting because all the ladies, most of them were ladies, um, were essentially boarding, bordering on Protestants. And mm. a lot of the landowners and the people that condemned them and burnt them were Catholics. So when you look at the background over here, hang on a minute. Mm. Sorry, that ice cube went down the wrong hole. <laughs> when, when, when you I'm look at the background, you. you know, the background over here, it, it was a political land grab. It was two mm -hmm. different factions kind of, you know, getting into it. So I'd imagine something very similar was happening in America. Yes. Where there were disagreements, um, <coughs> sorry, in ownership and in authority. You know, who's got the authority to do what? Mm -hmm. um, so no matter how magical we might I think it was, <clears throat> you know, in terms of um, persecution of people who are uh, clever or powerful or, or knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. uh, the bottom line is it comes down to a, a lot more basic human traits, I think. You know, mm -hmm. um, I want that farm over there, so I'll accuse the family of being witches. Get the farmers out the way, we'll have it, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. over here, I, I mentioned um, Melis Maleficarum, which says uh, some of the legislation that came after that in the 1600s said that if you identified a witch basically the the local authority got a third of the possessions uh the judge that judged them got a third of their possessions wow. and and the accuser got a third of their possessions oh, uh, so there was a lot of incentive to yeah, around around pendle i mean half the land changed hands in in the early 1600s around pendle where where the lancashire witches came from simply wow. because they were punching out these Protestant families, these these witch families, and, mm -hmm. and taking control or taking back control of mm -hmm. the land that they wanted, you know, and just dividing mm -hmm. it up amongst themselves. And like you say, some of the, you know, <laughs> if, you yeah. go down, if you go down in a ducking school, stool and you drowned, you were guilty. But if you survived, you were magical, so you were guilty. Um, and like sticking pins in people, you know, if you didn't scream, yeah. you were guilty because you didn't feel pain. It was a lose loop. You didn't stand a chance. <laughs> you know yeah you've had it you've just had it so um yeah it was very much a recipe for people just getting what they wanted at the end of the day right um, right right which is um, it's just really sad you know um like you say a lot of very clever um natural practitioners of the time mm -hmm. you know herbalists and what have you and, uh, medics mm -hmm. and midwives and you name it a lot of people that would have been a real asset to the community Mm -hmm. just disappeared you know uh, they were lost um mm -hmm. i think in the 1500s as well there was this thing where they started producing guilds so like you had a a, a guild of doctors a guild of barbers barber surgeons you know mm -hmm. uh, they, they grouped together into guilds and colleges if you weren't part of that establishment then you were targeted so you get a lot of that in the 15 and 1600s as well so if there's a really stonking doctor in a village somewhere, but they're not part of 
you know, the establishment college, then right. they were they were persecuted. They were accused of, of the craft and chucked out, you know. Mm -hmm. um, right. So right. invariably, if you dig deep enough, you will find this this kind of um, thing, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I mean, the witch trials in America, it's a shame, really, because Salem in particular, the, the judge who um, actually passed the sentences actually said at the end of it, um, I was cornered, you know, I was forced into doing this and I deeply regret it, mm. you know, and, and he went on record as, as saying that before he died. Wow. Um, you know, yeah, so when, the, more, the more you dig, the more you find that it's, you know, people mm -hmm. having a go at people, you know, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any any excuse for a war, no matter how big or small, I guess. Uh, still, you know, still, yeah, <laughs> still, nothing changes. No, uh, nothing. Changes. No, exactly. I know there's a lot of stories, you know, throughout the Middle Ages. Countess Elizabeth Bathory was another oh, yeah. who was extremely land wealthy and independent. Yeah. When her husband died, she's just like, "No, I don't want another husband." All of these suitors were turned away. So basically a couple turned on her and, you know, we all know the stories, but um, there is not a whole lot of actual evidence as to all these alleged. Well, murders. no, I mean, uh, Cathedral Castle, which is um, Elizabeth Bathroy's castle, they've excavated, yeah. you know, they've, they've gone around that castle. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't dig up a dungeon full of skeletons, you know, there's no enormous Nothing. pits full of victims. Mm -hmm. I mean, the accusation was that she'd, um, when, when they broke into the castle, there were 680 victims in the castle. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, but there's nothing has ever come forward as physical evidence for that. Um, yeah. Even the room that she was walled up in, you know, mm -hmm. um, has never been found. So, so, so there you go. Very, very so, difficult to to nail that one down. Um, there was propaganda even back then. They wanted her money. Yeah. They wanted her wealth, her lands, and well, well, they, say they found history, a way to history get them. By the victor, you know, whoever is the winner in the end of the conflict tends to get the, the sure. chance to write write the history, which kind of goes back to the where we came in with the King Arthur book. You know, there's been yes. too many people down the years have reworked that and rewritten it you know yeah. put their own politics in it adopted it for their family you know it's ended up being used for royalty you know to justify mm -hmm. all kinds of, of things happening in hundreds and hundreds of years mm -hmm. but what i've done in the book is tried to get back to what it was at the beginning you know where right. where did it all start where where did it come from what right. material got us that survived that kind of mm -hmm. cheese grater of time you know that, that just mm -hmm. shreds everything um so well, that's true of everything, like you say. It's, it's true. Lost in, everything is lost in translation. We have too many hands in the pot, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, there is a magical dimension, though, to things biblical. Um, if you go to, if anyone gets a chance to check out a guy called Ivan Panin, who mm -hmm. was alive in the 1920s, 1930s, he came up with septenary design. And septenary design is what happens when you convert um, Greek, Aramaic, um, and Hebrew back to numbers because they all have numerical equivalents. Mm -hmm. And when you go back, you get thousands and thousands of codes that are hidden, if you like, in the numbers. Um, so it's called septenary design because the easiest one to spot God because it's right. divisible by seven. So very often you'll get the word God spelled out over lines and lines by every seventh interval. That's how he spotted it, because he was a mathematician and he noticed this, this pattern. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the 1990s, the uh, good old Jewish race banged the whole lot into a computer. And after right. three and a half years, when this thing had finished chugging out codes, they just couldn't believe it uh, because it's not, it's not reproducible. So right. 
pick up, say, I don't know, Book of Isaiah or whatever, yeah. when you read that, if you can read it in the original Hebrew, um, there's nobody alive today that can write like that. Wow. Impossible. It's wow. beyond humans and machines to be able to produce that. Um, wow. it's, it's kind of in magical circles, because I'm blowing the lid off this, in magical circles, it's known as the fingerprint of God. Right. Um, and you can, right. a lot of the mentioned like uh you know the extra canonical books the extra stuff that was uh, left over and not included there are bits of code in those mm -hmm. but they don't conform right the way through to code so when they actually put all the manuscripts together and decided to call it this book mm -hmm. um which ones were right and which ones were wrong so it's it's a technique we've lost in the last you know 1500 years mm -hmm. it's not long it's appeared right right Cat, by the way this <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Well, amazing, aren't they? You just, you know. That's so that, 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 there's a tale. That, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist that. <laughs> okay. I just didn't want anybody out there to think I'd suddenly grown this strange <laughs> the cat whisper over here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where he's gone now. He's disappeared somewhere in the room. So he's had his like two seconds yeah. of fame. He's like, all well, right. What's Halloween fine. without a cat? You know, you need a black cat on Halloween. It's true. It's true. I agree. <laughs> um, getting back to the translation and the codes, do yes. you think, I'm just playing, um, I'm probably not the best choice of words, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yes. With, with um, you know, the Bible and all these codes yeah, yeah. in there. Not humanly possible to to translate. Hmm. But what about extraterrestrial? Well, now you will and truly on that <laughs> Crystal Skulls and Human Heads book, which I've just produced. There's another advert. <laughs> Please dash out and buy it because uh, that, that kind of comes to a very similar conclusion. Yeah. That there's there's no reason why the creator the almighty the you know mm. even if it's omnipotent omnipresent even if it's still here right. there's no reason why we shouldn't regard that as being alien to us because right. let's face it it is you know it's not us whatever god with a big g or a little g or you know allah yeah. or whatever label you want to stick on it whatever's behind all of this mm -hmm. is considerably considerably bigger than we are it's a lot more than us. You know, that's right. the starting point, if you like, right. of magic, wisdom, religion, you know, belief, whatever you mm -hmm. want to label it as. At the end of the day, as human beings, that's where it begins. The realisation that, by gum, there's something out there bigger than us, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it's there. And as I said, natural theology tells you it is because mathematics is everywhere. It's you know, absolutely. Tesla was a oh, big, yeah. everything was mathematics. Right. What's creeping in at the background? I but. see. I know. It's like, I want my... Here we go. There we oh, go. Yeah, I wondered how long it would take. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, my little catastrophe. He's just cleared <laughs> off. Well, I want my minute. Yeah, there you go. Get out of my right. way. I'm yeah, stealing the show. <laughs> 30 seconds of fame. Yeah, nobody's going to comment. Nobody's going to comment on the uh, on the uh, the show at all. Now you'll just get thousands of emails going. What's the name of the cat? <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know who's your guest? No, no, the furry one. No, <laughs> the really furry one. <laughs> right, well, I'm not going to tell you now. I'm not going to tell you what his name is. You can see what happens. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so while we're talking about mm. extraterrestrials, while we're talking about yep magic everything else let's talk about mystical beings right um, okay. 
you know, such as, I mean, we touched on a little bit the last time, but vampires, werewolves, um, all these beings who we might deem, are they cryptid? Are they, are they extraterrestrial? Um, do they just travel in and out of portals? Do they, because we'll use vampires just as an example. Mm. There are reports of them all over the bloody world going back to ancient times. Yeah. There's something there. This isn't just a made up thing. You know what I mean? This is, this is a hearty belief. Well, it, it, it is a belief of biblical proportions because it yes. goes back to, I think it's in Genesis where it actually says the life is in the blood. Yes. And now we understand that. Now we understand that yes. in the 21st century as science, because it is, mm -hmm. you know, our very existence, the very fact we're here is based mm -hmm. on the existence of our blood. You know, as soon as something goes wrong with it or you take it out of somebody or there isn't enough of it or mm -hmm. whatever, that strange red ionous substance is mm -hmm. what's keeping us going. You know, get, get rid of that and you're in trouble. You know, you've got problems. Mm -hmm. Um, that really is where it all begins, uh, there and Babylon, uh, because... Um, Babylon, everything starts in bloody Babylon. Yeah, Hecate um, and Lilith <laughs> and all yes. the early goddesses and the early gods that were there at that time. There is this life and death tension between this world and the next and then right. somewhere in the middle. You've got right. this this in between, and it starts there. So, like the, the goddess of the witches now is Hecate. The goddess of, of vampires is Lilith, um, mm. which is interesting because in in both cases the original symbol for vampires was an owl, not a bat. So that is secret. it was an owl. <laughs> yes, it was an owl. So creatures of the night they're silent, they fly. Yes. You know they yes. eat flesh and they represent. Guess what? Wisdom you know right. and knowledge and that's longevity right. and that's that's what they are and yes. they screech and they howl in the desert at night and things like that um so that's really the origins of where this whole vampire thing comes from if you want to look at the oldest story i mean uh, everybody kind of goes back to whatever relatively recent history for vampires but the oldest one is actually an irish chieftain called mm. a bartact and he was alive in the 400s so you're mm. going back over uh, over 1,600 years, um, and he was brought back to life. And what they had to do with him was was stake him through the heart with yew wood. They had to bury him upside down under a rock. They surrounded his grave with um, um, thorns, which he had to pick up before he could come out. And mm -hmm. every time they killed him, he kept coming back. So the, the, the formula, if you like, the Bram Stoker formula, is is there in that particular story in Ireland going back quite a long way so you can you can trace this back two and mm -hmm. a half thousand three thousand years and like you say it's it's all over the world mm -hmm. now combining it with the other question you asked which is about things being interdimensional <laughs> it's an interesting one because vampirism is generally thought to be a physical thing or disorder or whatever people who perhaps mm -hmm. required blood to survive people who were anemic people with blood allergies that cause them to react to sunlight. Mm -hmm. uh, there are so many physical attributes that they think brought about this idea of, of vampires, you know, in the past combination mm -hmm. of people adding different beliefs to what is a physical medical condition. And if, if you're being completely purist about it, then it, it still is the same now. 
the vampires we've got now that have formed into houses and they've formed into societies are people of that belief system who generally drink or consume body fluids. They change the teeth to pointed teeth and they follow that particular creed um, and, and they group together. So it's a physical thing. You know, it's actually a sort of physical thing. When you start getting into other things, though, and now you're into cryptid territory now, mm-hmm. flip to the next one in the row. The next one in the line is is werewolves because they overlap with vampires. In the ancient days, mm-hmm. a lot of what was believed about vampires was believed about werewolves. Uh, the two are almost interchangeable. Vampires can turn into werewolves. and mm-hmm. Werewolves in the past were regarded as being vampi- vampires, vampires. Vampirus is there such a word, um, <clears throat> you know. So they had this overlap. Werewolves are different because you're in cryptid territory. There is the possibility that somewhere there is a portal or a dimensional shift mm-hmm. or a gateway or maybe just a kind of a shimmer in mm-hmm. creation that brings these things like werewolves through, mm-hmm. which may be very much like Bigfoot and other things like that they may be Mm. a survival of our past so once upon a time long long ago Mm -hmm. you know goodness knows how many thousand years there could have been wolves dogs large creatures that were capable of moving on two feet as well as four and that's Mm -hmm. what we're seeing you know that there is that element there's a lot of sightings and and they vary you know you have your like dog man type which are very muscular, two legs, but full-on animal. Yeah. You have your, um, I guess, skinwalker type. You have, like, I know here we have them. They're just long. They're lanky, really yeah. long limbs. They're lanky. They lope. They don't run. They've got these yeah. really long, long, long snouts. And some of them have been have been known to just stop, get up, and walk on those two yeah. long, lanky I, I, legs uh, of theirs. There's an American um, account that I read uh, fairly recently of somebody who stopped the car because there's this massive thing in front of them, which they assumed to be a Bigfoot because it looked like a Bigfoot. It's about nine foot tall, massive, big, furry thing. So they put the the headlights on full beam and suddenly Mm. realize it's not a Bigfoot. It's actually a socking great big wolf stood on its back legs. So at this point, they're even more terrified than they were, you know, a moment before. But this thing turns, and as it runs off the road, vanishes into something. Now, they couldn't describe quite – they they described it as it almost went through a door. You know, as it ran off the road, it literally just went bump and vanished. It never went into the bushes. It never disturbed the trees or the grass. It just disappeared as it ran off the road. Yeah. So you're into this realm of, you know, is it physical? Is it right. not physical? You know, are these things right, surviving right. species that come from an archaeological context? Do they still exist? Are they mm-hmm. survivors, you know, like things that have not gone extinct? Or you're in there with your fairies, you're in there with Mothman, you're in there with, you know, little green men that appear and disappear, elves, mm-hmm. you know, UFOs that are there one minute and gone the next, you mm-hmm. know, uh, where are we with this, you know, mm-hmm. dimensional um, thing, which which touches again on where we came in with Ouija boards and that where is this dimension? What are right. we talking to? Right. You know, where are the spirits? Where are all these things out there? Mm-hmm. Um, where do they exist? Right. Is there? You know, it's, it's almost like, you know, if we can think of it and we can invent it, next minute it, it turns up from mm-hmm. somewhere. 
so some people believe it's like um it's like a, a realm of creativity mm-hmm. um i think um del toro who did pan's labyrinth i think he's got a very similar oh, yeah, belief to this idea that yeah. you can create you can create things which then kind of get dumped into this holding area which which are it's then like created hmm, yeah yeah basically right. you've got it's like a huge cupboard full of curiosities that over mm. many millennia humans have created and right. they're out there but and every so often the veil you know goes thin like it does on halloween you know it's right. mid during the chimes of midnight on halloween night it's mm. said if within audio distance of a clock that actually chimes from the first chime to the last chime that is the point at which the dead are closer to the living than at any other point mm-hmm. yeah that's the belief and it's that beyond the veil you know it's that veil idea again or mm-hmm. in 21st century language beyond the dimension beyond right. the portal you know right. somewhere else uh it's going to be a real tough one to nail this one down because um it's the direction actually i was at a ufo conference in manchester um the expo uh awakening expo uh, last weekend and there were four speakers on there we had whitley striber we had a couple of other really famous guys um but the general consensus was that uh the ufo community needs to stop being the ufo community and start looking at everything else in relation mm. to ufos so ghosts, poltergeists, apparitions, portals, appearances, mm-hmm. uh, cryptozoology, you know, all these different subjects might all be the same thing. And, and that I was a consensus. So. Yeah, it was a consensus among the speakers. So maybe that's one of these things coming, coming out of the nonsense we've had the last few years and mm-hmm. coming into a brave new world, the kind of the, the realisation that we need to get together and talk about our future. It's all mm-hmm. part of that where I think, people are realizing they're not all separate compartmentally com, 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 quantum compartmentalized uh, yeah. issues they're not all separate you know right. um the same portal one thing's coming through basically could be the same portal something else is coming through yeah. um depending on how big you look at it as a subject you know you've got you know little johnny who's six years old you know is walking past the cemetery you know when it's going dark on halloween and he sees a white thing come out of a grave Right. That it's almost the same thing as right. them turning on the CERN reactor in France and something coming through the CERN reactor. Because the story's coming out of CERN that they've disturbed something, that there's been a dimensional shift, you know. Sure, threw us into an alternate reality, maybe all apparently. And, and maybe it's all coming from the same place, you know. Um, yeah, that, that, I could see that. They just threw us maybe into their reality. <laughs> There's a lot more. It's um, you know, sightings and yeah. I got you know. I mean, okay. In all fairness, we we do have internet now. We have cameras. Yeah. Every phone's got a camera. Yeah. So you know, we're we're capturing things a lot more easily than let's say in the past. But there just seems to be an influx. And I truly, I am a believer in the whole portal or dimensional bleed through thing i would always laugh because my producer would always say no there's no ghost it's just dimensional bleed through and i go ooh dimensional bleed through but then i started thinking about it and i'm like you know what it could very well be my dimension theory that's what we need well yeah. yeah because i had you know a guest say to me you know what okay i understand spirits coming through 
but you know how they how do they manifest clothing how do they manifest for example a bicycle that they bring through with them my answer was well you know maybe they're projecting what they want us to see maybe they don't really aren't really wearing this maybe they don't really have that bicycle mm. maybe it's just a, a, a projection of what they want us to perceive them as see them well, there's, as. There's, there's two ways there's two ways of looking at that the first one is are they coming through in a fashion that we can accept in right. which case they're using what we know to generate what we see of course which yeah. would make us we, that would basically make us the origin of that so that's that's the observer element yes. of it you know are they reliant on us as observers to come through the way they do? But mm -hmm. then there's the other side of it, which says if all they are is made up of particles of some kind or mm -hmm. waveforms of some kind or light, mm -hmm. then they can come through as anything they want. They can come through in any way they like and do That's anything. That's also they want. true. That's infinitely also possible. True. So it could mm -hmm. be either. Maybe it's entirely them or it's mm -hmm. entirely us or mm -hmm. it's somewhere in the middle. You know, right. um, maybe it's. A bit of both you know the, the cryptid thing is is to me fascinating because you know thinking about you know nessie loch ness mm -hmm. they can never seem to find any trace of it but what if it is a portal and they just come in yeah. and they come out that to me makes the most viable sense yeah well it, it's because back to, of where it is yeah i mean if, if a ufo from you know thousands of years in the future gets you know through the portal right. why can't we have you know a plesiosaur from several thousand years million years yeah. back doing the same thing um mm -hmm. einstein was a firm believer that all time no matter what time it is exists mm -hmm. at once so if you look mm -hmm. at it that way if everything that is ever going to exist is all existent at the same time and then the actual limitation of time begins to break down mm -hmm. then you've basically got the situation we're living in things can pop through from anywhere Mm -hmm. You know, um, in Crystal Schools and Human Heads, I actually think UFOs are people from our past. I don't think they're from the future because if, if they come through, they're going to damage the future and they'd be damaging their own future. But if they're coming through from the past to see where we're up to, that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe we are going through, a, you know, some kind of enormous change fairly soon that they right. know about, but we don't know about. Mm -hmm. you maybe know, they've uh, already been here. Maybe they've been here the whole way. Yeah, maybe they never went away. Back no, to this idea of time and space. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, maybe they're they're in our mountains because you see them going into volcanoes. Maybe they're in our oceans. Maybe they're yeah. underground. Maybe, again, maybe they're not. They shoot up to the stars, but maybe that's not where they're coming from. That's also another another perception well, of that space. So now yeah. you've introduced the idea of distance. You know, yeah. if time is no longer relevant. Right. And then space is no longer relevant, you know. Right. Uh, when the kids knock on your front door and one's dressed as Yoda and the other one's dressed as the Loch Ness monster, you can still give them sweets. Because <laughs> you've got the you've got the unified theory, perfectly valid. I thought oh, I had to bring it. I had like to bring it back that. to Halloween, didn't I? I had to get it back to Halloween somehow. But it didn't really matter what they turn up as because at the end of the day, it's all valid. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I have to do a very quick sponsor and station yep. ID. Um, to those tuning in, you are 
listening to the Outer Realm Radio, and we are broadcasting on United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 FM in New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee and Justin Snicker, the sonic surgeon, who's responsible for our intro and our outro and you can find his music anywhere that good music can be found it is halloween time guys and he is just putting out all kinds of new stuff right now so go check him out on instagram and check him out on facebook because he puts it available so you guys can all go and get a little taste of it tonight we are joined by mark ollie and as always, it is a super interesting conversation, which just takes us all over the place and wealth of information. And I love bouncing ideas around with things like this because well, I, I don't know how we do it because we get we get in the we get in the sort of flow of things and then we go off all over the place, but we still manage to stay on the subject. I, I, I know. Just, it's just, how do we do that? Magic. That's what how we do it. It is magic. And here it's we magic. Absolutely. It's magic. I know. I know. I love it. But you know, getting back to vampires real quick as mm. well. I think yep. the most one of the most recent accounts is the Count Saint Germain. Yes. And that but, seems to be one I think the last sighting of him was in the eighties in yes. New Orleans. I've got photographs of him actually. I think I think the earliest photo of him I've got is nineteen thirties. Right. I think the original count is um, is an oil painting. I think he starts wow. off as an oil painting. Well, there's photos of him in the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. And like you say, I think the last photograph was late 1980. I think it was 1989 or something, but it's still in black and white, the one I've got anyway. Um, if he was out there, though, uh, this is interesting. If he had a decent haircut and he wore modern-day clothing... <laughs> a decent haircut. What were well, we yeah, saying? Was it? Well, he... <laughs> 1980s. I mean, he looked like a 1980s no, bloke. He blends you know. in. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Walking right. down the street with a mobile phone, you'd have absolutely no idea who he was. You yes. know, he's uh, he's got one of those faces that kind of fits he in, does. you know, wherever yeah. he goes. So he could still be out there. Not sure he's necessarily a vampire, though. Um, he was thought to be an alchemist who um, discovered the egg. You know, the uh, the egg that keeps you alive. What's it called? It's gone out of my head now. It was in uh, Harry Potter. Uh, anyway, the this divine stone, philosopher's stone. That's the what philosopher's I'm looking for, stone. Shaped yeah. like an egg. Uh, yeah. It's it's like the egg of life. That's the description of the philosopher's stone. And once mm. you've got that through alchemy, it grants mm. the owner eternal life. So you basically don't die and you don't age, you know. Mm. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say he was on the same level of El Elizabeth Bathroy, you know, he's not going home to a, a bath full of virgin's blood, you know, every night. No. I don't, I don't <laughs> quite how he operated. Um, mm. He was just this strange being that didn't seem to get any older. But he's uh, also, he was also said to be connected with the Rosicrucians, the Freemasons, the Illuminati, the Knights yeah. Templar. Um, well, I, I mean, and just to yeah. mention a few. I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if you live that long, I suppose you get the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, so, uh, when you're sort of my age, you start to realize that you're running out of time and there's just more <laughs> stuff than you've got time yeah. to get through, you know, and I've spent a lifetime yeah. of wading through stuff. But uh, but you know, it sure I, gives you a, it sure gives you the opportunity. I mean, if all of these secret societies are made privy to this sort of sacred knowledge um, or even knowledge of esoteric and, and occult magic, um, it could make you... Mm. realized pretty darn quick that he may have picked up a thing or two 
I, I think at the top of the tree, there's a small number of people in all of the societies out there that, that you know, the 10% or whatever, who know, you know, they really, yeah. they, they've done it. Somehow they've got the right knowledge they've in managed. the right way and, and it's working for them. Right. Um, who they are and whether you'd ever get to meet them, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if that was me and I was in their position, I'd make sure that you didn't know that right. I was one of them. No, um, no. because uh, on, a, on a kind of global scale, you know, that would not necessarily be um, be a good thing. I mean, I'll give you a prime example. You know, probably great greatest magician that ever lived was Jesus. Mm. And look what we did to him. Right. <laughs> I, I, rest, I rest my case. I know, right there. You know, and you, 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 you can any, and, uh, yeah, pick any right. occultic you like from any yeah. time period. And, yeah. and none of them get treated particularly well, you know. It's right. one of them things where, you know, I'm sure if you're like, you know, the head of the OTO or the head of uh, Church of Satan or whatever, when you go into McDonald's and you buy a McDonald's, you don't want everybody in the shop to shuffle away no. and walk out. You right. know, it, that's not life. No. You know, it's not living. Uh, so I think you would keep your identity fairly close to your chest if you were at that level. Um, yeah. I mean, you could say, you know, people in government, people in, you know, Congress, maybe people in religious mm -hmm. power in the church, Catholics or whatever, even the people you see at a very high level. Mm -hmm. I have my doubts that they are magically, and I do use that word magically, high up. Um, right. Because if you are magical of that level, and you, you are that good at it, you don't need a position, you don't need the PR, and you don't need that entire organization underneath you, you know, if yeah, you're a magician. you're really power hungry, you know, but well, you're still not going to tip your hand. You're just going to put yourself in a political situation or yeah. in, a, in a position of, of, you know, authority more than anything. But I don't think anyone would tip their hand as I don't, to. I don't know. That's, that's kind of down here looking up. I right. think if you got in a position, a, a real position of power, you wouldn't necessarily need right. anybody or need support. But right. in order to arrive at the position where you were that powerful, right. you would somewhere along the line, you would have to start to get rid of ego. Anyone that's involved in magic will tell you, you've got to get yourself out of the way. Right. That's the beginning of power. The start on that road to power mm -hmm. is to get rid of everything that you've got in terms of baggage and the mm -hmm. biggest piece of baggage is you. Right. So if you've got this amazing egotistical thing where you've got to stand and, you know, and smile in front of the cameras and mm -hmm. the photographers and always be in control and this right. and the other, you know, it, it's wrong. That that doesn't mm -hmm. sit right with me magically, you know. Right. Um, if right. you can already control your environment, you can control the people around you. Uh, you don't need to try and prove it. You know, right. you don't I agree. It. You know, yeah. it, it literally gets to the point where you go off the top of the chart. Mm -hmm. and that's why you don't know these people are out there. I'm sure there are these people out there. Well, um, so there's you know. there's no doubt because there's some pretty extraordinary yeah. things that, that do happen. Um, and yeah. you're never going to be made privy to it. I found the Count St. Germain story to be interesting because of all these connections that we spoke about with magic. And here yeah, it yeah. is an alleged vampire. Oh, you know. is he, uh, they've labeled him as a vampire. Yes. Yeah, they have, and he, who allegedly committed suicide in 1983 in New Orleans, and they have an address for him in New Orleans. Everything, like they, really? they, yeah, they, um, yeah, 
they, they no, the did label program, him as the more of this modern see, age. This is, this is where the internet doesn't necessarily work out because yeah. I've got a book that was published in the 1980s, one of these world mystery books. I think I think it was published in 89. Yeah. And it has a, it has a photo of Count Saint-Germain in mm -hmm. Paris in mm -hmm. 1989. Right. So oh, he, yeah. he couldn't possibly have died in New Orleans in 19, whatever it was, 83. Because he was... He was well. He was still alive six years later in France. Yeah, well, th there you go. Right. That's now, the other. Like, these I mean, are the just the theories. Like they do have him down yeah. as an alchemist, of course, and yeah. but they 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 just basically said the last sighting of him in New Orleans was there. But obviously, you know, he well, he keeps going and going. Yeah, if you live forever, why stop? You know, I, I wouldn't. I, I no. you know, if he's cracked it, then he's still out there. I can guarantee that. Right. Um, yeah, he'll still be out there. That's fascinating, though, that there, there's, I mean, there's at least him. Maybe he's a time traveler. Well, I was just thinking the same thing myself. Back to what yeah. we were talking about, dimensions, you know. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you've managed to somehow stop the clock, right. so you're not wearing out and you're not dying anymore, you know, is something right. to do with time and space, obviously. So we're right. back there again, you know. Um, yeah, who knows? Absolutely, I, who knows? <laughs> We, to, to say, you know, life itself is magical because here we are, we're these, we're these beings who are on this ball floating around in the cosmos <laughs> just yeah. with all these amazing things happening. You know, we produce life. We have all of these amazing, you know, other beings that we share space with, you know, our pets, our animals, just these these cryptids there are yeah. there are things out there that are magical in their own right despite you know what they are what they may look like i would not want to come up against you know a werewolf i don't think that would be pleasant no. we no, have stories of them nearby and you know it's just like ah you know we've had one of those long lanky things just run by the front of the house here it's just like a little too close for comfort but it's that that in itself I look at as being really magical. Yeah. I mean, from my point of view, um, our, as human beings, our first reaction, you know, like you say, if you get a werewolf that suddenly knocks on your front door, your first reaction is to run away. Vampires mm -hmm. run away. Ghosts run away. You know, mm -hmm. cryptozoology, you name it, any of them, Loch Ness Monster to goodness knows what, you run away. You know, right. UFO comes down, you know, we come in peace, we run away. You know, that's right. what humans do. We're, we're basically a bunch of scaredy cats but at the end of the day you know I, you'd almost have to get to the point where you don't do that where you actually but do you think stop. it's been bred into us to fear yeah, it's a lot of flight isn't it you know like yeah. you say over many many generations hundreds of generations we mm -hmm. we have this thing where if we're afraid of something we run away but yeah but, our ancestors weren't well, the, to a lesser degree i think they were a lot less scared of things i think they understood the difference between you know if it's a physical you know gigantic mm. dire wolf just got you pinned at the back of the cave then you're in trouble but right. if it's not physical if it's something coming through i think they could tell the difference right you know it comes from it's like you know you you talk to farmers who've spent their entire life outdoors you know in the countryside mm -hmm. and they tell you things that appear to be magical they they know things about their environment that only they would know because mm. they're in it you know and i think in the past the ancient races of humans were the same they yes. had absolute complete you know encyclopedic knowledge mm. about where they lived because obviously for them it was life and death you mm. had to know if 
what was coming at you was real or not, or, mm-hmm. you know, if that fungus would poison you or, you know, what you could do to heal people and get benefit mm-hmm. from that weather was about to do you know in the next few hours things like that you need to know if you're going to survive in you know in that environment but mm-hmm. like we've completely lost it point i was trying to make is you know if a werewolf knocked on my front door i'd open the front door my first reaction would be to run but then at every fiber of my being i would try not to run because mm-hmm. i want some answers you know <laughs> I'd, I'd want to know uh, and yeah. you've not almost got to allow your curiosity to be greater than you fear so yeah, but uh, some of these these beings are predatorial you know like i don't know how far you get with i say <laughs> uh, well i don't know because I, I, somebody else was telling me a story at this ufo conference um about um they were being chased by what they perceived to be a werewolf and there were four of them uh, they were all mates they got a bit drunk they got drunk on a railway line and this happened in america um and all of a sudden this thing came at them down the railway line running down the railway line Mm-hmm. And uh, it chased them, and it was feeding on their fear. Yes. The four of them are flying down this railway line, and of course, the guy at the back falls over, doesn't he? Like you see in the movies. Of course. So the other three, well, <laughs> yeah. The other three guys get about two hundred yards further up the railway, and they start feeling guilty because they've left this guy behind. So they go back, and when they go back, they find him sat on the rails, just sat in the middle of the railway line. And they said to him, "What happened? Why are you still here? You know, why have you not yeah. been torn to shreds?" And he said, well, this werewolf thing, he said, came thundering down this rail track. He said, it got within striking distance of me, took one look at me and realized that it was a standoff. I I suddenly thought, well, I'm going to die anyway, so I'm not afraid anymore. And the werewolf must have been thinking, well, maybe this guy's a bit bigger than I am because he's not scared and he's sat in the middle of the rails. And he said, all this thing did was stop, turn around and run off into the forest. Because, yeah, you know, uh, so if you challenge these things, you might not get the reaction you think, you know. Right. And there were, right. there were four witnesses to that. So four witnesses saw that, you know, they were involved in that encounter and all right. their stories added up. But as soon as somebody actually had to come face to face with this thing and it came right up to the, the back human being, as it were, uh, the whole scenario just rewrote itself. Mm-hmm. You know, wolf turns around, runs off, Guy le- guy's left sat in the middle of the railway track. So maybe we've got something wrong, you know, maybe our energy and the way we're dealing with things and, and, you know, our perception and the fear that we put into that, maybe that needs to be moved out of the way. Someone mm-hmm. who's high up in magic, actually, one of these amazing guys you never get to meet, I'm right. sure they would be fearless. They wouldn't have anything to fear. No. Knowledge, you know, uh, truth uh, sets you free. And I'm sure these guys are you know, probably sat there going, well, we know what that is and we know what this is. And, you know, you never know. Mm. With a bit of luck, somebody might actually email in on this program and go, you know, I'm one of those fellas. I know what werewolves are, you know. Right. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure we've got it wrong um, with this fight and flight thing, I'm sure. Um, I, I think maybe, yeah, I think maybe to a degree. When I just, you know, think back to, to the ancient people, um, you know, they certainly weren't afraid of extraterrestrials yeah. i mean all the way through they've emulated them they've put up monuments to them they've you know there's there's pictures of them you know on like petroglyphs there's there's yeah. so there's so much and yet here we are you know i mean the old testament speaks of them yeah and yet not none of the information we've got yeah. would exist unless yeah. these guys took 
first of all, took it seriously. And second, yeah. actually took the try time to investigate and write it down. None right. of that, none of that data would exist. So clearly mm. they had at least a much more calm approach to it. Right. Maybe that comes from an understanding of their environment, you know, that, that we've lost. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they didn't automatically run away from everything they encountered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. I agree. Mm, food for thought. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I so when, know. You open the, when you open the door to the kids and they're all dressed as vampires and ghosts, you don't have yeah. to slam the door and run away in terror. You, you can give them sweets as well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't run from God. There's not a lot I run away from, but I, I, I do know my limits. <laughs> so, well, yeah, yeah, you know. But I mean, I do believe that mindset is everything. I do believe that um, energy is a food source for a lot of mm. different entities, and for people too. They have what are called energy vampires, or they just feed off people. You have people who drain yeah. you. Yeah, well, that's, that's probably the most common vampire, which I didn't mention, actually, when we were talking about vampires, are the psychic yeah. vampires. People yeah. that walk into a, a room, you know, and there can be a happy party going on, and this massive cloud follows them in, and it just kills everything. It and does. everybody just has a life sucked out of them, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, they're out there. Yeah, I've, I've met a few. You've probably met a few. There's probably oh. lots of lots of listeners probably know a few of these people. And mm -hmm. you, you tend to avoid them. Because they really are a, a, a damper, a damper yeah. on things. So no, yeah, absolutely. they're out there. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, it's definitely you know it is the season for people to be keeping their eye out for you know all these interesting beings yeah. that tend to come out when the veil is the thinnest. Mind yeah. you, there's a healthy belief that the veil has been thin or non-existent um, for many years now. Yeah, some people think we're moving into um, a phase, if you like, of development where the barriers are sooner or later going to come down. So mm -hmm. consequently, you've got people saying, well, you know, if we switch CERN on, we're going to get things coming through from the other dimension. One day, you know, the president's going to come out with a little green guy on the White House lawn, you know, and go, look, you know, they were here all along. You know, it's yeah. that kind of openings, revelations, if you like, that, that mm -hmm. people almost are expecting to happen now. Um, and, you know, the world has gone that crazy over the last few years. It, it just wouldn't surprise me no, at all. True. Nothing surprises me anymore. It's you know, true. You know, yeah. You know, so people are almost expecting a change of some kind. Um, yes. It'd be nice if it happened in our lifetimes. I'd, I'd love to see it. You know, I'd love to, uh, you know, back at the beginning of like two millennium ago, you know, they had Jesus on planet Earth and all the disciples and, you know, mm. all that kind of thing. And it was the last phase of of, of the Old Testament and mm. all that kind of thing. But there was a big change going on in that first half of the first millennium, uh, first century of, mm -hmm. of that particular millennium. We could be in the same position now. We're in mm -hmm. the first century of a new millennium, you know, and mm. the expectation is very high. You know, uh, kind of Jesus died somewhere in the 30s, 40s AD. You know, we're not even there yet. We're not right. at 20. 40 you know we've, we've not reached that point in our uh our time period mm -hmm. so who knows you know is is there a repeating pattern you know what's coming mm. um let's hope it's as big as it can possibly get you know i'd love to see it you know I'd love I, to see I it. am all for exciting things and i am all for um you know seeing evolution on different scales mm. But sometimes you just have to worry about the people at the helm. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, you know, a few bricks short of a load. And you're I, kind of going, I, I suppose, don't want this guy leading the well, pack. 
if, if I've learned anything over the years, because I've had a lot to do with everything, magical, yes. mystery, everything. Right. And one thing I've learned over the years is that, that as long as it's not us, okay, so if it's coming from somewhere else, right. whatever your concept of power or divinity or mm-hmm. interdimensional, whatever your concept is, it's not us. Mm-hmm. So if it's got good intentions, if it's benevolent, I think it would probably move us out of the way. Right. So it doesn't matter. You know, it's a bit like um, some of these alien movies you see, you know, where as soon as the president or whoever's in charge of the country walks up to the spaceship, right. they just go <laughs> and get rid of him. You know what I mean? It's like Mars right. attacks, you know, we come in yeah. peace, <laughs> you're gone. Because, you know, metaphorically speaking, if we're the problem, Mm-hmm. then the problem needs moving out of the way so that yes, these yes. things that can do it better can get on with the job of doing it better or this mm-hmm. thing that can do it better gets on with the job of doing it better. Yes, as human beings, we're going to doubt that, you know, we'll question, yeah. you know, is it demonic? Is it going to come and dominate us? Are we going to be invaded or, you know, all, all these mm-hmm. sci-fi movies, everything, you know, they're always exploring that as a possibility. But what could we do about it anyway? You know, at the end of the day, if it's, you know, if it's bigger and better and, you know, brighter and cleverer than us, then we've had it anyway. You know, mm-hmm. this thing, this thing is going to, you know, um, it's it's going to take over anyway. So at least try and be its friend and not its enemy. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that'd be a good starting point. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think it was the, the remake of the day the world stood still, you know, where the Keanu Reeves is playing the main character mm-hmm. and he changes his attitude as he goes through the movie by realizing that mm-hmm. we're not all bad. No. You know, well, this thing, whatever it is that brings about the change, probably already knows that. Right. You know, it's it's been around a long time. It's had plenty of time to watch what's going on. It mm. could even be the thing that made us, you know. Mm. Um, so I, I just, you know, my only advice to the entire of humanity is just make sure you're on the right side of it when it arrives, you know. You yes. know, get it, get it on a good day, not a bad day, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I um, agree with you. <laughs> what is, <laughs> But it wouldn't worry me, you know, if it's that powerful and it turns up, then it doesn't right. worry me. Right. Um, no. I mean, the worst thing that could possibly happen, and this is true <laughs> of everybody, it's probably yeah. a really good conclusion, this, the worst thing that could possibly happen is that we die. But at the end of the day, we're going to do that anyway. We are. And we are. that's the point, I guess, of Halloween. It's a brilliant conclusion to it all, because at the end of the day, everybody that has ever gone before us has died and it is the day of the dead you know that's mm-hmm. what it is it's the night devoted to the the ancestors the people that have gone you know yes. and one day that label will fit us that's what we're going to be mm-hmm. but if the people who are still here can end up with a world that's better you know by whatever means then that's something we should want to happen that's something we should be wishing for you mm-hmm. know so Either you die because, you know, some massive alien guy who's, you know, a billion times better than us comes along and accidentally treads on you, or <laughs> you die because you get too old. Right. And then you go on to whatever the next thing is, whatever the, the next, next, the next level, yeah. By yeah. which point we'll have the answers, you know. Um, if I get a chance mm-hmm. to come back and do a radio show after I'm dead, I'm, I'm, I'll do it. I'll okay, bring just, you back. Just, <laughs> give, give me a ring. Well, that's Mark, that's where I'm Mark. going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Want to do something really cool right now? Well, hopefully I'll be able to just come back and manifest and, you know, you there can you go. pull, pull me on camera. Board. 
but that's and just you can ask, ask me all the questions you want then about the afterlife you know uh, i think we should do it don't go oh, yeah. be in a hurry or anything but i'm just no, saying no 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 no, no. Uh, you, I know. You, have to, you have to wait till it happens for me to cross over but there you go but yeah i mean at the end of the day that's like you know like they always say what's the worst that can happen well you know the worst that can happen is you just duck out you, you right. bow out and that's that and there's right. not a lot we can do about that at the moment um you know, no. so but in the meantime enjoy the ride look yeah. at, at life as being magical yeah filled with magical beings and don't fear everything um, yeah. but a good scare is nice you know i love a good scare around oh yeah yeah time it's just you know don't lose the nice. boo factor yeah. no i know there we go see that's always good but i really i always i mean i know it's your second time i thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> we always have so much fun we always just get so much covered yeah yeah and, and there's a few more to come I, you know i will return we've uh yeah. we've kicked around a lot of dates and we uh, have we have here's, here's you're to going the next to be, one you know here's to the next one yeah you're, you're going to be a regular face here on the outer realm and mm -hmm. uh throughout 2023 and we're really looking forward to that and can't wait to get into the new book and there will be a show about that too for all those wondering and if you flash in that cover we need to know that there's a show yeah. coming so <laughs> you know but anyway thank you so much have like a wonderful weekend have a great halloween yeah yeah definitely you know? same thing to all the folks out there as well yeah have a belter absolute belt i'm, I'm jealous because i think new orleans will just light up you know it's it's just going to be amazing out there Oh, always. I agree. They, they go full on for sure, yeah. you know. But I think, you know, North America just looks at Halloween so much different than many different parts of the world. It really is something that really <laughs> developed commercially yeah. here, you know. Yeah. I've had friends come over from Europe and the UK and, you know, with Halloween, it's just like, oh, my God, it's a bloody spectacle here. It is a freaking lifestyle here. Let me yeah. tell you what. <laughs> so, it's a, to you, it's a major yearly festival. To us over here in the UK, it's just creepy. Yeah, That's about see. as far as it gets over here. It's just creepy, you know. <laughs> it should be creepy in the UK. The UK is creepy. Poorly, poorly done costumes and bad weather for a night, you know. That's I what know. we get. We tend to just get that. And pumpkins. But uh, we, we thank you for pumpkins. Yes, you have to yeah. almost thank the Irish, though. Yes, so they were doing turnips originally. That's right. So, yeah, it comes from That's that. right. And yeah. then, and then pump. They got here and went. You know what? These things work so much better. So yeah, like, yeah. I know. And they get really big too, which yeah. is awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah. but anyway, thank you again for joining me. Fabulous. And again, Amelia sends her her apologies, and she's not very happy right now. But yeah. you know. We'll, we'll meet when the time's us. right. They will. They will. So thank you and good night for you. <laughs> pleasure. Good night. <laughs> right. Well, guys, that was just an amazing, amazing interview. He is just so knowledgeable. He's so delightful. Um, I am just so grateful that he's going to be spending more time with us here on the Outer Realm. So huge thank you to Mark Ollie and just a great conversation. Big thank you to Folgers Coffee who sponsor the show tonight and every night. Thank you. Big thank you to Dr. Snick, Justin Snicker, uh, for our intro and outro. We appreciate you so much. If you guys want to contact us, <clears throat> please, we only respond to email. 
the outer realm contact at gmail.com. That's the outer realm contact at gmail.com, or just go to the Facebook page, click on email, and it will come directly to us. If you enjoy the content, no matter which platform you are on, please subscribe, like, follow, join, whatever the case may be. We appreciate you so very much. Uh, for showing us that support. So thank you. Next week. Wow. Another, another great week. Uh, Wednesday night brings the return of Brad Olson and he's going to be discussing his, uh, I think this is the last one of the series, um, which is beyond esoteric escaping the prison planet. Yes. Excellent. See all these little ticky papers, amazing book, just saying. So we are going to be Talking about that, it is jam-packed with unbelievable stuff, so you're not going to want to miss this show. Thursday night welcomes for the very first time Ron Moorhead, and he's going to be discussing his book, Quantum Bigfoot. He has spent decades researching Bigfoot. He's done various media, including one of the latest, which was the Alaskan Killer Bigfoot. Yes, and uh, it was a really amazing segment. I mean, sort of left me going, what? <laughs> so definitely worth checking out. So until then, guys, behave yourselves. Amelia and I will see you guys in chat tonight. Good night.